Hey, it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios' premier wrestling podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Above the Ring. I'm your host, Sam, the SLB. Alongside me today, as always, the man behind the toy, the other half of this operation, it is Scott. Guys, it is July. Well, it's August. August 1st, 2021. Episode 100. We did it, folks. We did it. <laughs> Three years of live tweeting, talking to you all, year and a half of recording, has come down to this episode. Just so you know, none of our shows are going to be talked about. None of the weekly shows will be talked about here. As always, make sure you listen to Scott's Raw Review, SmackDown Sunday on Tuesdays and Saturdays, respectively. And as always, normal, above the ring, happening Friday, Friday mornings. Scott, got a nice downies from a local Boston, my guy. There you go. Crack it open. Yeah. How we feeling, Scott? 100 Ooh. episodes. Feeling spicy tonight, Sam. We are feeling spicy. We got some big news. Yes. We're going to bullshit a little bit. Do a lot of bullshitting. Because guess what? Scott and I don't get to do that. That's true. Mm -mm. That's very true. No, 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 no. We don't. We're going to kick this off, though. We have a huge announcement. I want to make sure we catch the people who can only have five minutes of of an attention span. (laughs) We've been in talks. There's been a lot going on. Um, and we pulled a trigger, big trigger. Guys, on August 21st, and you should see things happening over the next few weeks. August 21st, Scott and I have worked out a deal with a podcast network, Ship It Studios. August 21st, Above the Ring solely will be moving from Bedlam Media to Above the Ring. The twiddle, the twiddle, the <laughs> <laughs> there's there's our uh that's what we should call our social media uh conglomerate one day twiddle the twiddle i love it i love it you'll the twitter handle will be changing probably be above the ring yep. but we will remain bedlam by design hell yeah hell yeah guys this has been big we've been talking about this for months it's been so tough to keep this like excitement Everything else, side note, um, OFR has been on hold a little bit. Uh, Super Ghost Radio, you know, all that stuff should still be under the Bedlam banner. There are other projects under Bedlam. 
So Bedlam Media will still exist. The Twitter handle will be changing. We will have more information on where you'll be able to find our podcast. Pretty much the same way, I believe, for the most part. If I'm not mistaken, Scott. Yes. Um, we will be switching. Actually, we've already made the switch to Captivate from Podbean. So you should still be able to find our stuff on Podbean as well. Um, but we've made a new home over at Captivate. And I'm telling you, Sam and I are numbers guys. And the numbers that they have on Captivate, it's beautiful. Because Scott, beautiful. <laughs> the logistic numbers do not belong to them. <laughs> they belong to us. <laughs> so guys, once again, it is Ship It Studios. They do have a Twitter handle. They do have a Facebook page. Please go like and share, subscribe, follow. Big things for us. Big things for them. Above the, we're only getting higher up into the ring. The ring is growing. We are now above the ring. Ha, ha, ha. That was bad. <laughs> yes, we, we'll have more information as the weeks crawl closer to SummerSlam weekend. And it's... Of course, I forgot to mention that. It's SummerSlam weekend this happens, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, the the amount of excitement that Sam and I have had on the back end, not being, you know, not trying to hold it back when we do our podcasts, it's just been, it's been insane. And to be able to tell you guys are on our hundredth episode, we thought was a perfect time to to just spill the beans, let everybody know to just to look forward to seeing the changes that are going to happen. Um, the Bread and butter of what we do is not really, it's not going to change. We're still going to do what we do. We just now have a whole fantastic group of, of, uh, of players behind us. Um, some of their biggest stuff uh, rotates around film and movie reviews and, and, and what ifs and a whole bunch of different stuff. So please go to their Twitter, go to their Facebook page, ship it studios, follow them, like them. Look up their stuff. It's our new home. And believe me, you guys won't regret it one bit. Not at all. And we will be on some of their content. They'll be on some of our content. We have some crazy shit lined up, guys. And they have great content to check out as well. So with that announcement out of the way, kicking off this 100th episode, a lot of fun. Man, I can't even – 100 episodes. You know, Scott, we've been doing this for three years. Yep. Over three years now. We've been doing the podcast for a year, year and a half. Uh, there's so much. There is so much that has happened. So many. I just can't. There's so many good memories that I just can't remember. I just know. And this is something I think you and I really experienced last year during Slammiversary weekend. Slammiversary Hell in the Cell. Yes. Where. I know you and I, we get so hyped for everything, and you and I are so invested in not just WWE, AEW, Impact, New Japan. We're invested in professional wrestling. Yep. So when I get giddy about something, when I get giddy about, you know, what happened this past Wednesday, you know, where Hiroshi Tanahashi showed up, or the Nick Gage, like, you were like, oh my god, oh my god, this is happening, this is happening. And all my other friends are like, Who's that? I don't want to just like (sighs) 
smother them in a like a pillow. It's like that meme with the dog and the pillow. Yeah, it's literally what that is. It's just yeah, it's it's funny. Like for my entire life growing up, like I I first found wrestling when I was six. You know, this is pre Sam even being born. <laughs> um, <laughs> because circa nineteen ninety one. Yes. Um. It was always it was weird. It was like a almost a dirty secret for me to be a wrestling fan because, you know, nobody really talked about it in school, and I was you know, I was already a heavy set kid. So you know, God forbid, it's another thing to get made fun of. So don't talk about it. But I just quietly watched in the background and and fell in love with the product. I was actually a WCW guy before WWE. Um, but I was one of those people that made that jump when Tony Schiavone made that comment about, oh, Mick Foley won their championship. That'll put butts in the seat. Crazy enough, when Mick Foley won that title, it was in Worcester, Massachusetts, which was a hop, skip, and a jump from my hometown. Hold a second. Hold a second. That happened in Worcester? That was in Worcester when he won the title. It was a taped show. Which was upsetting because obviously I wanted to go. It was in Worcester, but young didn't have the money, couldn't go, et cetera, et cetera. But wow, sorry, just... I'm learning something today. <laughs> but ever since then, I I literally never watched. I, I mean, I shouldn't say never watched, but WWE was my primary show. I would watch WCW at eight o'clock till nine, and once nine hit, I switched over to Raw, and I never went back to WCW. So. It's it's crazy. And now with AEW growing and doing some ridiculous stuff now, um, it, it's it's starting to remind me of the wars and the Attitude Era and, you know, like NWO heyday and just I haven't been this excited about wrestling in a very long time. And I feel like, as of right now, maybe, you know, Vince and the whole crew with WWE may not really sweat anything going on, which is which is fine, because they've had 20-plus years of complete dominance of everything. Now we have a company that's really making a push, and they're bringing the other smaller organizations with them. Yeah, the whole, you know, the whole Forbidden Door thing, and everybody working with everybody. It's territories again. Yeah. It's, what the NWA was. Yeah. And it's and it's great to even have the NWA back in the conversation because for the longest time they were almost dead to rights. No, no, no. I mean they were they were worse than dead to rights. They were with TNA. So <laughs> <laughs> No, but it's just it's such a fun time to watch wrestling. And I know people still want to crap all over what happens on Mondays and sometimes I'm right there with them, but you know, competition will breed better shows. It has to, if it doesn't, then WWE might be in a little bit of trouble. I know they make money hand over fist, so that's, you know, financially they're not anywhere near any type of trouble, but if you know your rankings don't hold up on Mondays, you might need to change something. So who knows? 
Yeah, unfortunately, and I will we will bring the Rankins up in conversation, as you mentioned it, Scott. Um, I know a lot of people are like, why do the Rankins matter? If this show's good, this and that, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I know the Nielsen system has been around a while, and it's almost out of date, especially with, you know, DVR being a thing. Um, but seeing that television makes its money off of ad revenue. Right. Um, if you have a show, you could put billions of dollars into a show. Mm-hmm. And if nobody's watching it, and you have a chance to get this guy who you'll know, put five thousand dollars in his pocket into a camera and do something for an hour that'll bring in more viewers, they gotta take that person. Yeah. So as much as you know, we do we you know we we haven't really talked about the ratings since you know NXT and AEW have you know you know NXT's now on Tuesdays. We haven't really talked about it because you know. I guess it doesn't really matter from a competitive standpoint, but from a logistical standpoint, you know, is USA happy? Is, you know, NBC happy? These are, these are the questions you need to ask. Yeah. And more than likely, they're not. I mean, Raw's been constantly below 2 million for quite a while. Um, SmackDown, on the other hand, has been doing really decent. Um, they've been over 2, 2, 2, 2, 3. They were doing pretty good. Um, even head to head with the opening ceremonies of the Olympics, they still pulled in 2.1 million people. That's mm-hmm. still pretty good. When 17 million people watched the Olympics, I expected SmackDown to really struggle, but it didn't. It, it did. It, I think it was 7% lower than the week prior, but that's not much of a hit. <laughs> no, it's not. It's really not when you pull in those kind of numbers. However, the one that really threw me off was NXT this week. I don't know if you're sure NXT. No. Um, NXT was at 520, 540. Wow, that's a big drop. Just from going over to Sci-Fi. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense then. It's on its primary network. I don't think Sci-Fi is on as many households as um, USA is. I would so think that might be it. Or people just forgot, which is possible. Um, I'm sure next week's will probably be just as low. Um but, you know, it is what it is. Once you it goes back guys, to USA, it'll be back to its six, seven hundred, eight hundred thousand people. Well, keep in mind, guys, this week's and um, is it only two weeks? Mm-hmm. Only two weeks. So this week is going to be the last uh, last week. It's on Sci-Fi, and I'll be yeah. back at USA. Yeah, because the Olympics will end by then. So um, we talk about favorite moments of Above the Ring. I have a couple I will bring up. Uh, one of them actually has to be, like I said, going back to that Slammiversary weekend where it was the only episode you and I have recorded live in person together. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, you and I get to geek out together in yeah. person. Yeah. Yeah, which is something yeah we don't get to do too often, especially with everything that was going on in the world and, you know, not being able to see one another. <laughs> uh, yeah, we definitely need to make that more of a common occurrence. Um, until you decide to, you know, leave and move farther south. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you know, Bedlam, you know, above the ring is gonna gonna continue to look. Doesn't matter how far. Well, this is gonna sound really weak, cheesy, guys. But doesn't matter how far apart Scott and I are, above the ring still lives and breathes. It's true. We'll only get stronger. It's because the podcasts don't belong to them, Scott. They belong to us. Sorry, guys. This has been a, something we've been doing for like 
since violent by by design has become a thing he and i have gone back and forth um there was an episode obviously that we called bedlam by design which has kind of been ever since it's been like our moniker yep love it um another favorite moment and i'm gonna i I will bring this one up because we're all adults here it was an episode uh, i don't remember when it was it was sometime last year is this the drinking one yeah, it is. <laughs> that, was one of, that was one of my favorites. Was this... That wasn't Cinco de Mayo week, was it? No, I don't believe so. Um, the episode happens to be called Sam Has Lost His Damn Mind. Yes. I think it's our second best episode ever. Yeah. If you go back and listen to that one, I am, like, toasted. But it was a fantastic episode, though. It was my fantastic. <laughs> I try to be as sober as possible when I do these, but every so often, every so often, I have those moments where I'm just like, fuck it! <laughs> I'm having one right now. That's right. Only one. Scott, let's, let's, what's on your, uh, well, let's talk about some of your favorite moments quickly. Well, I mean, the drinking one was, was what I was going to bring up, so I mean, that makes perfect <laughs> sense. Um, oh, man, it's just, there's, there's so many moments, and just, you know, you gotta. I also gotta bring it back to our first one. How both of us were just like, "All right, we're gonna get this going." This was like my first podcast, like I've ever done, and I was a nervous wreck. And Sam's like, "No, nah, I do this shit all the time. It's perfectly fine. We'll be perfectly fine. We'll have no problem whatsoever." And just getting through it, I was just like, "Wow, that was a lot of fun." All right, let's let's keep going. <laughs> Yeah, people don't realize, like, you know, they get nervous at first. And I've, d- I've done podcasts with so many people at this point. You know, I've had done, I've had so many different shows. Um, this has been my most consistent, my most longest, the one I have probably the most fun with. Because you and I can talk about, and again, we've gone on tangents about stuff. Yes. That is even wrestling related. It's you true, know? yeah. Like, we, we, we struggle with, you know, having episodes that don't go, you know, at least two hours. <laughs> And then there's our phone, then, you know, there's our conversations after the shows that sometimes can last multiple hours. Yeah, whether it be about, you know, things going on in our personal lives or logistics. We Scott and I have talked, like, for two hours after a recording just about numbers. Yep. Because um, we love looking at that. We love seeing you guys, you know, listen, see new people come in. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot. It just it's thrilling. And off the bat, and, and Scott can call some of these, too, as we uh, as I name some of them, you know. Big support. Love you guys. You know, know the ropes. Uh, Justin, who's, you know, almost retweets every every show we post. Uh, terrible wrestling ta- takes. I know there's a couple other, Scott, that always retweet and always share. And we always talk to. Uh, Steven is another one who, especially on Impact Nights. Yes. Yeah, he's a he's a huge Impact fan. It's funny, like, when we missed one of the Impact Plus um, shows, uh, he he tweeted to us. He's like, "Where were you guys?" He's like, "I was waiting for your tweets and everything else." It's just like, ah, oh, damn it! Never since then we haven't missed an Impact Plus show. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it, we really appreciate the people who have reached out to us um, and enjoy your content. Um, it's just, it's heartwarming because you know when we first started this, we're like, "All right, let's just give our thoughts on stuff and we'll just we'll see what happens." And people started to follow. 
people started to comment on our stuff and like our posts and start following us on on our uh, Podbean account. And it was just, it's still surreal. Like to this day, like we're we're trying to get to 5K on Twitter, and it's just like every day we just constantly find new people, new people to talk to, and but still keep track of all of our old old friends who've been around with us for. Almost the beginning, if not the beginning, it's a uh, good guy. Dave's another one. I know he's always commented on our stuff. Yep. Um, I don't know if he's still on there, but uh, Drew's Claymore. Um, he's yeah, he's gone back and forth. Um, he was sometimes... a supporter almost since day one. Yep. Yep. Well, it was. I think he was the first, the first person from the UK that really kind of hooked on to us and always started always started talking with us back and forth. Um, but yeah, it's just. It's also crazy. Like you meet all these people from all around the world and everybody enjoys, you know, and loves wrestling. And, you know, even though they may not agree or we may not agree with how they feel about certain things, you know, we all try to be adults here. We all try to have civil conversations. And that's, that's one thing that we've, that Sam and I have always tried to be like, we, we can give criticisms because sometimes it's definitely warranted, but we're not going to sit here and just shit on a product just for the sake of shitting on a product. Yeah, you know, it's just we always try to be like, hey, this is what we think is wrong. And here's some, you know, constructive criticism of what you might be able to do to fix it. And it's nice mm-hmm. to have, you know, fellow people out in, you know, out in Twitter agree with us or, or say, nah, I feel it should be like this. And be like, oh, all right, oh, well, give me your reasons. Why? Why is it like that? And you have an actual conversation and it's fantastic. No name calling, no bullshit, just. Straight conversation. It's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hopefully with everything, you know, moving forward, we definitely want to, you know, collaborate with uh, some of the guys out there. Absolutely. At some point, I know uh, you got to be on Know the Ropes. Um, those guys are, you know, if I, if I don't see a Know the Ropes retweet, like, or even a message, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> not with those guys. Are they okay? Are they are you sick? Okay? Are they ill? Yeah. No, baby, what is you doing? You know. <laughs> Um. Yeah, so many, so many good moments. Uh, we hope to continue giving you all these great moments, especially with SummerSlam coming up, All Out's coming up, Takeovers coming up. Uh, we're going to the fall, you know, Survivor Series, Full Gear, Bound for Glory. We still have what's going on in AAA with Kenny. You know, we have some stuff going over in New Japan. Yep. Uh, we, 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 our goal. Hopefully going forward, especially with, you know, MLW having their, you know, their TV show now. We're trying to cover a few. I'm trying to cover a few more things. Um, We want to get back. I want to get back into NWA. Um, So bear with us. Even if it's a one off where I'm talking about all the extra stuff. um, We definitely want to put something together for you guys for that. But speaking of cover new content, Scott. As you can see on the uh, you guys can't see this. But we have a whole list of stuff we wrote down to talk about. And right here I have this thing called Sam Special Surprise. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and I called it this because Scott, I didn't tell Scott, because I said, Scott, I have a surprise for you. You, my friend. This is something we've talked about for a long time. Long, long time. Um, 
that when I was in Pennsylvania, I made sure I put time to it, you know, check it out. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? I think I do, but I, you should tell everybody else because I swear to God, if it's what I think it is. <laughs> so, guys, as Scott has been busting my balls for the past year and a half on this podcast, when I was in Pennsylvania, I have watched the first three episodes of Lucha Underground. Yes! <laughs> Finally! <laughs> when I was sitting here trying to figure out content to discuss about um, in, you know, for this 100th episode, and I'm like, what the hell can we talk about? You know, we can talk about favorite moments, we know this and that. And I'm like, he has been bugging me for Lucha Underground. <laughs> Let's make that happen. So I did. I threw it on. Um, it was on 2B TV. Um, all four seasons. I'm like, I was gonna try to get through more of it, but there's been a lot going on. Um, First and foremost, there's a lot going on here. That's a lot of fun. Yep. So kind of like how, and I will jump over to NWA, how NWA power gives you, Oh, we're a different show where the old TV shit, you know, it feels like you're in the old TV studio. We get the really old background, really retro. We got our own thing going on. And I love that. Lucha Underground does something similar, except it's like almost like cinematic. Yes. The promos are cinematic. You know who produced that show? Who? Robert Rodriguez. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And you can feel that. You know, um, everything about the show is cool. I love how they're like filming almost in like a, in a warehouse. Yep. You know, it's the temple. Yes. It's, it's just, ve- it's a very sacred ground. Mm-hmm. You know, I love uh dario you know i love this is where i came up with the mlw idea because i like i love his character so far and that fact that they have azteca underground happening with mlw i'm like okay mlw needs to be on the plate now yep yep (sighs) but and and you've only you've only that's only the tip of the iceberg like this the show throughout the four seasons the last season was a little touch and go because there was issues with the network and, and whatnot, but still, it's still top quality wrestling matches. But my God, I, I haven't had that much fun watching a wrestling show. And it feel like a, not a sitcom, but it feel like an actual movie. Yeah, no, it does. It feel like I said, it feels very cinematic. The yeah. promos, I, I don't care what anyone said. Cause I was again, I'm curious. I had to see what Jim Cornette thought of this. Boy, did he thought it was hot garbage. Oh, of course he did. He thought it was hot garbage. Now, and the only reason I like to check what he says, because, you know, despite his opinions that really aren't that popular, the guy's a wrestling uh, historian. Yep. Nobody has the knowledge that that guy has. That's true. That I'm always true. curious to see what he says. Not so much because I want to hear him bitch about it, but like, okay, let's, let's get some feedback. You know, because he also will throw out stuff that'll make you go huh i didn't know that that's interesting yeah i want to check that out so overall i love how they kicked it off with chavo wrestling blue demon jr um you know uh and then end it now now keep in mind 2014 we're watching 2014 here i've watched the first three episodes there's not a single person on here Don't take this the wrong way. 
There's not a single person on here that's relevant in terms of American professional wrestling. True, true. Yeah, okay, Chavo is, but Chavo's kind of been, he's kind of been thrown. He's, I want to say that he's like, he's, he's going, he's just, he, I don't know what he was doing in his career, like, seven years ago. But, well, after, after WWE, he kind of just went to the Indies, went back to Mexico. Yeah, um, so he was. So yeah, was, this, this was a huge, this was actually a huge get for them uh, when he showed up. Uh, that on that first episode, I I remember watching it. I was like, "Holy shit, it's Chavo!" But and yeah, that's a big because I love Chavo. You know, I and I'll say this right now on this podcast because I had I said to Scott, we talk about great great tag teams of all time. I don't know why Los Guerreros never comes up. It's true. Eddie it's and true. Chavo both knew how to do singles work and be an incredible tag team. I started watching wrestling when there was Los Guerreros. That's when I started watching. So. But that being said, but I'm thinking about the time period. Nobody seems to touch the popularity that Johnny Mundo had, John Morrison. Yep. Because I was like looking at it, and I'm like, okay, I don't know. And don't get me wrong, I love all these guys. It has nothing to do with where they like. I don't want to say they're not relevant, but at that point in time, we're talking Ring of Honor's getting big. Impact's like doing its weird, you know, weird yeah, thing. They were a mess point. at that point. Yeah. You know, you either were in Mexico or Japan, maybe England if it mattered. Yeah. You know, the indies here, there was, it wasn't really much, but like to have all these people come, you know, together and we're going to sign John Morrison, who, let me see. He only departed three years prior. Yep. So he only departed three years prior to this happening. I can only imagine, but there was, was like, wait a minute, you got one of the biggest stars from WWE over here. Like yep. what? You know, at the same time, I believe he was in. Impact towards the end of that yep. tenure. Yep. <clears throat> and um, I remember correctly, you've met Prince Puma, correct? Oh, I have. He was on the yeah. first episode. Yeah. And I, I will tell you, I watched him like, wow, this Prince Puma guy, I'm not. I'm surprised he's not more famous. And then I looked at the chest tattoo. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I know that tattoo. And I just had to do a quick Google to confirm my suspicions yep. of Ricochet under the mask. It's 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 cool, you know. Son of Havoc is Matt Matt Cross. Yep. Um, you know, and as you go down, you know, see Evilise yep. wrestle. Um, Phoenix and Pentagon Junior. Yep. Like, oh man, I can only imagine watching wrestling in 2014 and seeing these guys and be like, what the fuck? Yeah, I was. Yeah, that was that was so much fun for me to watch. Um, Pentagon's story as well, going through the first season, I believe, into the second season. Yes. Yes. And also, Matt Stryker, Vampiro, your commentators. Mm. Yeah. Matt Stryker has become one of my favorite commentators. Yep. Like, it was, like, I loved him at the tail end of his, his uh, WWE run, uh, even as still as a wrestler. But the fact that he went there to be their commentator, I was just like, this is perfect. That's why I was so excited when Impact signed him. I was like, this is great. Like, this, this, this. This can lead them to a better, you know, a better tomorrow for, for Impact. And it's just, I don't know what it is. The, he, the way he tells the story is just perfect. And Vampiro, wow, like, good, like, they have good chemistry together. Yes. Good chemistry together. Wow, where's, where's Vampiro been? 
God, he's been everywhere. I know he was in Mexico forever. He was in WCW for a long time. I mean, now, like, what's he doing now? Now, I, he might still be in Mexico, but I don't, I don't know. He has to be honest. Any, with you, I'm not sure. Uh, he was in AAA till 2020. Just prior to that, he was in Lucha Underground till it ended. Yeah. May 2020 announced he'd leave AAA, so he was in AAA. So I'm wondering if maybe he might have retired at this point. Yeah. Maybe that. Maybe he's not sure what to do due to everything going on in COVID. Maybe, maybe with all these trials of Jericho. I mean, who knows? Well, maybe. Oh my God, that'd be insane too. But yes, now that you've started, I, I need I need to know your thoughts on a certain feud that's probably going to start maybe three quarters of the way through the season, if not sooner. With a certain Pentagon. So I need to know. I'll let you know. I'm so I'll... excited. I, you have no idea. Like, like you were 100% correct. Like, I, the, as excited as it was, or as I am, for the announcement that we made about us moving to ship it, you're right. This this equals it completely. I'm <laughs> so excited that you finally opened. Uh... Now, how long is it going to take me to finish it? I work from home. It could be sooner than later. There's only four seasons. Or it could take me till we hit our 1,000th episode. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm well, enjoying man. it, Scott. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's, it's, it's good. This is the kind of wrestling we need. Like, it's kind of... Like I said, it's like... And, and this is... I also want to get back to NWA because... Yeah, I can watch NXT. And I can watch Impact. And I can watch AEW. And we can watch, you know, New Japan. And we can watch AAA. And we can watch Ring of Honor. And we can watch MLW. But like something like Lucha Underground and something like NWA definitely makes it feel different. It's like, okay, yeah. this is wrestling, but it's also very – it's its own thing, and it's yeah. just fresh. It's like a timepiece movie type of thing. Mm-hmm. Because NWA yes. brings you back to the old days, and Lucha Underground brings you to – it just <sighs> – I'm so happy you're watching it. <laughs> it was like the intro – It's. Excuse me. It's almost like they really were trying to introduce the Mexican wrestling scene mm. into the states. <clears throat> yep. Um. Yeah. No. Once. Once. As I watch more of it, it'll probably come up in discussions. We'll try to probably produce some more, some similar above the ring episodes like this, where it's like we're not talking about the weekly show. We're just gonna bullshit about just random wrestling stuff. Yep. Which I want to kick in. We're talking about the past. And I hate to get away from Lucha Underground, but I've only seen three episodes. That's right. So. I like to bring this one up because I've always been a fan of documentaries. Mm. And my introduction that got me into wrestling was wrestling documentaries and wrestling biographies. Those are really big things that got me into that kind of stuff. So I want to ask you, Scott, we can talk about this. What is... Your favorite wrestling documentary? I've seen a fair share, but it's funny that you mentioned that because I went back and I looked at the stuff that I own. And my two favorite ones that I really, really thoroughly enjoyed were something that I, that needs to come back. It is the best of the King of the Ring. Mm. 
And we all know we need to see Xavier Woods be king of the ring because he's been pushing for that forever. That and, of course, my favorite faction of all time, the New World Order. Uh, yes. Yes, classic NWO. Um, it's sad. I was a WCW guy for a long time, and them just showing up like that Bash the Beach in 96, forget it. Like, I was like, yep, this is it. This is the best thing in the world. I love this so much. You know, the WWE or WWF guys coming over and just like. And then the biggest know. face in the world turning heel. Right? Yeah, that. Like kids cried for like months about that and it's just like me i'm 12 at this point watching this and i'm like i can't believe it like this is hulk hogan we're talking about here it's like you know take your vitamins say your prayers holy shit he's now the biggest asshole in wrestling (laughs) that's like superman becoming the leader of the legion of doom Right? Or Captain America joining Hydra. Like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. No, it was, it's, it's a moment that is definitely etched in my memory. I've seen so many documentaries on the Monday Night Wars. Like, that is, that's the moment. Like, that is the moment. Yeah. Yeah, if WCW wasn't, like, on the map, that moment definitely put them on the map forever. Yeah. Um, well, before I go into mine... You know, we weren't able to record, I believe, during it was what NWA week or something like a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. We talked about this. Yeah. Um, who who would you say is your favorite underrated NWO member? Ooh. And I know there's a lot of NWO members. Yeah. <laughs> like three quarters of the roster, if not the whole roster at one point. Um, You know, someone who who sticks out for me, who wasn't really a big player, um, I believe he had some mid-card title runs, but Scott Norton. Ooh. Ooh, he's a he's he's a pretty he's a name that like post WCW, he didn't get like any, any No, like, yeah, he kind of just like gone. But yeah, like I don't know, like I always remember just like him just beating the ever-living shit out of everybody. And he was just like that, that, that wall. And I don't know. It was just always fun to watch him just obliterate people. Yeah, no, from I remember, he was just in the documentary of Dark Side of the Ring, if you guys haven't seen it. The one on the collision in Korea. Um, He was one of the talents that went over. He was the one who called his wife talking shit about North Korea. Then they can't, you know, his line went dead. They took him into a room and started yelling at him. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I remember he was in, you know, looking at credentials about the guy. And again, I'm not too familiar with Scott Norton, but like, obviously he was, you know, said part of the NWO. He was also one of the guys who went over to Japan to start NWO Japan. Mm. And he's also a two time IWGP world heavyweight champion. So that's a that's a that's a good one. That's a good one, Scott. You know, um me not really experiencing it uh at the time. Um I don't really have a, maybe like a favorite member who is like underrated. 
Because mm-hmm. I again, I've just I just remember seeing the documentaries and watching everything, and you know, I just figured somebody who watched it live. That's like asking me, Sam, who's your favorite? You know, who's your favorite underrated member of the Bullet Club? You right. know, you know, something like that. But I just thought I'd ask. You know, NWO is pretty much the reason why you know wrestling is the way it is today. Um, one of the reasons why you know wrestling you know became the way it was you know reasons you know that they're the model that the bullet club pretty much modeled themselves after yep most big factions model themselves in some way after the nwo it's you know too sweet you know exactly yep (laughs) it's just like yeah it's and it was crazy like i remember like just watching nwo stuff and then when the wolf pack came out that was like the thing to be like if you were if you were black and white nwo you were uncool if you're wolf pack you know you were you were in it you you were you were the cool kid it was yeah it was it was funny like my first actual wrestling merchandise that i owned as a kid was a wolf pack nwo t-shirt i finally convinced my parents when i was young enough please can i buy this please <laughs> so yeah it was Remembering the old heydays, God, it's crazy. But yeah, it's it, it's still like it's funny. Like to this day, it still irks me that WWE fumbled that so terribly. It's like that could have been. Like I understand, like you bring in Hall, you you bring in Nash, you bring in Hogan, No Way Out, two thousand and two. Perfect time to bring them in. It ends up leading to Hogan and Rock at WrestleMania eighteen. Which to me is probably one of the best storytelling wrestling matches of all time. It is a match that I think if you were to take how a crowd should be <clears throat> during a match. I it's funny. I worked with somebody who went to that mania oh in Toronto. God. Oh my god. He goes, the crowd didn't stop. Yeah, it was from beginning to end, nonstop, just insanity. The only match, which is unfortunate, that kind of fell a little flat was Jericho and Triple H for the undisputed um, heavyweight championship. It was because they just completely gave everything to Rock and Hogan. And it's just like, my God. (laughs) Yeah, how do you top that? How do you top that? And it's funny because I remember... I remember reading somewhere that that match was actually supposed to close the show. But Triple H was like, no, Universal Championship, and I'm going to win that championship. That's going on last. Well, maybe you should have thought about it a little bit better. Because honestly, though, who really expected Hogan to be the face in that match and have a crowd boo The Rock? I mean, granted, it gave us Hollywood Rock afterwards, which was probably one of the most underrated Rock versions ever. Uh, have heel Rock? I mean, seriously, Rock and Hurricane? One of the best feuds of that time. It was so incredible. And the, and the fact that Hurricane went over, it was thanks to Stone Cold. But still, aside the point, Hurricane can say for the rest of his life that he beat The Rock one-on-one. Yeah, what's up with that? guys better be watching the video for this podcast 
on YouTube, folks. Go watch them. All of them. Oh, man. But seriously, though, let's... I wish... And, I, and, and it's funny, because we, we talk about factions and stuff, and Sam, you you know how much I love my factions. Just, Just like my tournaments. tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why King of the Ring... It's one of my favorites. It's just <clears throat> I I need I need that faction warfare. And it's funny because AEW kind of gives me that a little bit. Like this past Wednesday, and we're not really supposed to talk about the shows, but Paige and Dark Order versus the Elite. Like for me, that just that that gave me the fuel. To be like, yes, give me my faction wars. I want all out war. You know, you stuff with the pinnacle, stuff with um uh the inner circle. It's just like, yes, keep it going. Like I want this shit never to end. Prior to AEW, the only faction I can think of in WWE that was really allowed to get singles and tag titles was New Day. For a bit. Yeah. Them that was- and then I think the shield before them and then evolution. Yeah. And evolution and the shield were how big of a gap. Yeah. That was a pretty decent gap. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, like I said, you know, AEW happens, you know, they're doing all these faction things. Undisputed error becomes a thing. Right. You know, we have, um, but that's the thing though. You have one group in AEW. There's four at least in WWE. There isn't, there's a bunch of like, Tag teams, a bunch of trios, or, or I shouldn't even call them trios because they're not. They're just three-man groups. But there's no – I guess right now you could probably put Legato, which unfortunately is another trio. It's a trio, yeah. No, I see what you're saying. So you're talking yeah. four you know, more than yeah, three. You, yeah, you need substance in this group here. Like when you play the 2K uh, video games before 20 when 2K20 was garbage, hot, hot the hottest amount of garbage – you have five people that could be in your faction, but yet I haven't seen a five-person faction since. Oh God, um, I can't even think of one anytime soon, like recently. In WWE. Yeah. Yeah. Just, okay. Yeah. No, I just I can't. Like, what the hell? <laughs> I mean, you could count maybe the Nexus. But how long did that last? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Nexus. Thank you. But that was, yeah, that was, um, God, uh, early two twenty, uh, early 2010s? Yeah. It's just like, it's been so long. Yeah, and now you have, you know, pretty much off the bat, you start with the Inner Circle Night 1. You have, you know, the Dark Order that starts with two members, and then they start recruiting slowly but surely. And then they become probably one of the most over factions in wrestling. Yeah. You know, you have uh, the pinnacle now. You know, you have. Uh, ah, there's one more in there. I know there's one more in there. Oh, Hardy Family Office. Yes, there's like 8,000 people now. I'm, I'm like, all right, this is great. Let's go. <laughs> and I don't know if is Vicky part of that? I've totally forgot. No, Vicky has her own thing. Vicky oh, she has her own is- thing. Yeah, she's technically with uh, with Andrade, who now has Chavo, and I'm telling you, they're gonna Nyla's have in there. they're gonna have yeah Nyla, yep, they're gonna have Penta and Phoenix. I'm telling you, they're gonna turn on Pac. It's gonna happen. Well, it's after Wednesday, gonna happen. 
with what happened Wednesday. Yes. It's I'm telling you, they're sprinkling in those seeds. I'm telling oh, I you. I love that. It's like, oh yeah, you know, we got him a limo. Don't worry about it. It's like <sighs> okay. I want, okay. I want my I want my Latino world order to come back. Or LAX. God. I mean, you pretty much have half the faction right now. Pretty much. I just want it. I want I want the faction warfares, which is why for the first time in like 20 something years, my needle is not fully WWE anymore. Like I thoroughly enjoy Wednesday nights to be able to sit down and watch two hours of ridiculousness that I cannot get enough of. We had a death match. Okay. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care what they called it. A no, what do they call it? Say no rules match. Yeah, no rules. That was their way of going. Yeah, we can't call this a death match on TV. It was a death match. How many times was Jericho stabbed? I mean, seriously. That was that was more brutal, almost more brutal than the exploding death. uh... Well, we don't talk about the sparklers match, so. (laughs) Well, we can talk about the match, not the ending. (laughs) The match was great. Yeah, the match was really good. That ending, though, that still hurts me to this day. Like, you you had a chance to do something absolutely spectacular, and it's just like, wow. But they've rebounded nicely since then, so. Well, that was something that we talked about, because I know know that was your concern, was like, I think the one thing you mentioned, or at least the one thing that was going through my head, was the infamous, was it Hogan-Page match? Was it Hogan-Goldberg? At Halloween Havoc, where they didn't time the pay per view right and the feed got cut. Yes. And then the following Nitro, they had to show the match. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, I think that was either your concern or that was going through my head at the time. Yeah. But they was, bounced back quick. They did. They did. Uh, yeah. They quickly apologized for it. And, and I mean, they even kind of turned it into a little bit of a storyline about how um, Kenny was, you know, inept with building cages and stuff like that, which I thought was kind of a, a nice way to spin it. Um, but yeah, like I was, I was worried. I'm like, oh my god, this is gonna turn into a WCW thing, and oh my god. But no, thankfully, I was. I'm. I'm. I've never been happier to be wrong when it comes to something in wrestling, uh, with how AEW has bounced back, and now with all the speculation of a certain two best in the world wrestlers that might be showing up. Maybe I don't think enough. Nacho cheese from Taco Bell can make me mouth breathe it, breathe as hard as those two. That thought of those two signing, <laughs> like I'm just like, especially what happened Wednesday, where Darby's like, talk about the best in the world showing up in Chicago at their arena. I'm just like, I'm 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 telling you, and and I and I texted you this on Wednesday. Imagine Rampage, the first show. In Chicago, United Center, 24,000 fans for a one-hour wrestling show. We get towards the end of the show. Maybe we even hear the music. But it's not CM Punk who comes out. It's Brian Danielson. Not Mr. Yes Man. The American Dragon. And the crazy part of it would be he would be instantly the hottest heel in professional wrestling. He would be the hottest 
thing in professional wrestling. Yes. I saw something earlier this past week where they were showing a picture of Zack Ryder, uh, CM Punk, and Daniel Bryan. Hottest things in wrestling in 2011. Now they're the hottest things in wrestling in 2021. It's amazing how that works. Now, I haven't gone through my documentary pick, but this goes to another point that we were going to talk about. Yeah, hey, I know. I'm sorry. We went completely on, see, on a tangent. No. This is what happens, guys. So, so I want to talk. We want to talk fantasy fantasy book in here because this is at this point, nobody's denied these rumors. Tony Khan, even in an interview, has swerved and gone just like hasn't acknowledged anything. The rumor has it, and we're going to talk fantasy booking for a minute. Rumor has it this contract that Daniel Bryan has asked for, obviously creative control of his character, the tour dates, which they don't tour. They do Wednesday and Friday in a pay-per-view every four months. So I think he's good there. And the ability to go to Japan. I'm going to tell you right now, if I don't get Daniel, you know, Brian Danielson taking on Okada at the Tokyo Dome, I want to talk about a match that's going to blow my. (sighs) And again, we've already talked about Brian and, you know, Brian and Kenny. We've talked about you. (sighs) Him and Alistair, you know, Malachi Black, you know, him and Jungle Boy, you know, him and. Imagine him. MJF feuding. This, this, I just can't even like start to fathom what we're looking at here. I know it's almost like one of those. It's too good to be true, and I believe it when I see it. That's when I know like it's real. Like it's almost like which is weird enough for me. Like when Mark Henry signed with with AEW, like I was just like, no, I mean the man's WWE lifer. Like there's no way in hell. And then he shows up on television, and I'm like. What? Like this isn't this is insane. Or Paul White? Yeah. It's you like know. you grab some of the biggest names that have been around the longest and now all of a sudden just like, oh hey, it's all this wrestling knowledge. Yoink. I, I do wanna I want I wanna make a point when we were talking about beginning of the year. I remember if it was Revolution. It was Revolution, I think. It was a double or nothing. It was Revolution. Revolution, yeah. Where prior to that, they were talking about, oh, we're going to have a big signing. Yeah. And we're on a podcast. I will never forget this. I looked. I, I didn't. Well, we weren't recording video, but I go, for all we know, it could be Christian Cage signing with them. And this was right after the Royal Rumble. Right. And lo and behold, who is it? Again, somebody who's almost, I can't call him a lifer because he was over in TNA, you know, but like. He he came out and I, everyone was shocked. They're like, "What? He's yep. signing?" Yep. Especially after he was at the Rumble, what two weeks prior, a month prior? Pretty much, yeah. And every and I've told you, I've never been a crazy Christian or Edge fan. Not just me. I've just never. We didn't have Raw growing up. We didn't have cable. It was always SmackDown. Right. So watching Christian come out now, he feels like a big deal. Yeah. He feels like he's a big deal. Whereas when he's in WWE, he's like, oh, it's Christian. Right. Kind of like how, you know, the big show, Paul White used to come out. Oh, it's it's big, big, big show again. 
But I was like, oh, Paul White's out there? Or fucking Taz. Jeez, Taz has become such a detrimental. I've always loved Taz. Yeah. Um, but if you had to pick one, one match, we'll, we'll spread it across the board. Because if he has this, Daniel Bryan, he has this, if, if that stipulation is in there, New Japan, AEW, what do you want to see the most? I'll be honest. Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega. And I want Daniel Bryan or Brian Anderson to have a new Japan title. And Kenny challenge for said title. Belt collector. Telling you. Just imagine. Just imagine the feuds. Imagine the matches. Like you you think like Okada and Kenny was fantastic. I understand that Daniel Bryan is older now. But if, imagine if you got Daniel Bryan in his prime. The American Dragon, Bryan Danielson. Versus the leader of the Bullet Club, Kenny Omega. Live from the Tokyo Dome. Wrestle Kingdom. Just imagine. I like how you and I going for Omega Okada on this. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, like, um, Omega Okada was my introduction to New Japan Pro Wrestling. I, I never really got a chance to watch it growing up. I actually, honestly, because I didn't have a lot of exposure to wrestling besides WWE and WCW, I really had no idea that they even existed. Well, those I are the key trading days. Right. You know, um, obviously, like, you know, when we met, you know, we went to, you know, went to Mania 33. And, you know, I was watching both shows, Raw and SmackDown for a bit. And it just became, yeah, obviously, well, we've talked about this. We've told the story a million times. But, like, when somebody goes, yo, you need to watch this match out of Japan. Kenny Omega take it on Kazuto Okada for that WWGP title at Wrestle Kingdom in the Tokyo Dome. That was the one where I'm like, this is what I want. Yeah. This is what I want. You know, that's going to bring me to another topic. But before I do that, I do want to talk about I'll go back to my my favorite wrestling documentary. We talk about tape trading. Um, you know, this is this is a promotion that uh, in the early days you needed, you know, to be a tape trader. And I know this was a very popular brand back in the day, but I was 13 years old. And my uncle got me, uh, got us a bunch of, you know, DVDs for uh, Christmas because DVDs were all the rage back in 2004. It's 13 true. years old. Uh, I don't remember what my brothers got, but my uncle gave me two DVDs. The first one was the original Monday Night War documentary, Ooh. which was an hour and a half. And now when I watch it, I'm like, yo, there's so much shit you can't, that's not in here. I'm better off going to the network or Peacock and watching the 20 episode. That was such a oh, see. That's that's another thing. Like WWE does such a phenomenal job with their documentaries mm-hmm. and like their twenty four series and every. Oh my god. Well, this one is still considered one of the best selling documentaries of all time, if not the best selling documentary of all time for WWE. So at thirteen years old, my uncle got me two DVDs: it's the Monday Night War DVD, and of course, what made me start my backyard wrestling uh, in the day: the rise and fall of ECW. Yes. It's such a. That's a. Oh my god. 
it's such an incredible piece of work yep. to see such a small company, which, and again, I said NWO is the reason why the Monday Night Wars happened. Yes. But ECW is the reason for the Attitude Era. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, they were a feeding ground for both WCW and WWF back then. And it's just, the, I, I remember just scrolling through television and finding ECW on TV. And I'm like, wait, I don't recognize this. Like, who are these people? The match was Jerry Lynn versus Rob Van Dam for the television title. And I'm just like, I watched this match happen. And after it was over, I'm like, I need to know where this company is, like where they are on television. If this is a weekly thing or if this is like a once in a water blue moon thing, I need to watch this. And I did. But unfortunately, ECW eventually went off the air, I think maybe a few months later. But I was like completely hooked. And then to have them on the network and now on Peacock. I need to go back and continue watching, but I started at the very beginning, back when it was Eastern Championship Wrestling. Isn't that first episode with, like, uh, who was that, I think Jimmy Snuka and a steel cage match for the title or something? Yeah, it was just like, oh, my God, like, watching this, like, it was literally, like, some of the indie wrestling that I that I used to watch when I was living in southern, uh, southern New England. It was just like, oh, my God, it's, like, the same style of stuff, and, but... It's just, it's crazy how much ECW influenced both WCW and WWE. And another thing that really, I, 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 another, I really wish would have done, would have been done better was the whole invasion angle. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the top stars of WCW didn't want to, didn't want to wrestle. So they just sat home and collected their paychecks. And uh, the majority of ECW's major stars were already in either WCW or WWE. So <laughs> they were either sitting at home or yeah. they were past their prime. So it really didn't matter at that point. But, you know, unfortunately, when your biggest star for WCW was, you know, Booker T versus Buff Bagwell. I mean, it's a little rough. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, nothing, uh, not even on Booker T's end of anything, you know. No, Booker T was easily the best star to come out of WCW outside of well, obviously Ric Flair. Um, for for the WWE side, we won't even talk about Sting because we all know how fantastic Sting was. And you want to talk about a fantastic debut? Sting's debut in AEW. Yeah. Holy shit! Well, now now you know, now we talk about ECW. If you want to talk, if I had a pick, and we will have to do this another time, Scott. If I was to take top five pay-per-views of all time Ooh. for nostalgic purposes and for the what they were going for and they accomplished it the first ECW one night stand I will never ever ever forget the first time I saw that ad on Smackdown and hearing Paul Heyman's voice and it was all ECW and there wasn't even a WWE logo splattered on it and yeah. I'm like did did somebody fuck up did somebody <laughs> The wrong, is this like a blast to the past ad that they just decided <laughs> to throw in? And I don't know when the last time you watched that, Scott, but the opening of it, you have the old ECW theme. The, yeah. You know, it kicks off, and first person to come out of there, Joey fucking Styles. Yep. And the place is going insane. Again, you don't need three commentators, you only need Joey Styles. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh my God. Oh, easily the best in the game. It's unfortunate that he's not doing it anymore. It's just, uh, 
he oh man one of the best cuts yeah we put him i'd put him up in my list uh, oh yeah but easy top five easy i still actually have someone behind me i don't know if you can see it i can see it but you can't i have both of those dvds behind me i've never gotten rid of them i will never get rid of them good that's all that's some good stuff and yeah my, i'll never forget my mom's like what's that's rated m17 what's your uncle giving you that for blah 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 blah, blah. and here i am as a 30 year old man talking about professional wrestling uh the wee morning hours of a sunday for you guys to listen for your entertainment because scott <laughs> the love for wrestling doesn't belong to them belongs to us oh that will never get old sam it never. won't and i know everyone listening is like this kid needs to shut up <laughs> <laughs> scott so we got a couple more things we want to talk about on here first and foremost because we have a main event we will say of topics um but i do want to we don't really get to talk about this but let's put it on the table right now and this doesn't have to be in any order. We've talked about this. Mm-hmm. And you guys can disagree and trash us in the comment section. Um, Scott, your top five favorite wrestlers. And again, we discuss this off the air. It doesn't have to be one through five. It can just be these are my five, no particular order. True. Uh, if you're going to do top five, uh, favorites, I don't know. Favorites are different from like best wrestlers as of like current. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. Favorite current wrestlers. How about that? Favorite current. No okay. particular order. All right. We're going to go with current wrestlers. Um, I have to go with uh, Kevin Owens. He's Good. been he's been a favorite of mine since when he was in Ring of Honor. Um, another one of those late night television, like going through the channels to be like, what's this? Oh, it's Kevin Steen versus El Generico. Oh, okay. And lo and behold, turned into Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Um, so I have Kevin Owens, um, Adam Page. I just, everything about Adam Page since AEW started is just easily teleported, uh, just all the way to the top for me. Before you continue, you can do male and female wrestlers, by the way. Okay. Shit. <laughs> that complicates things. Unless you want to um, do five five male, five female, we can do that too. We can. Let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah, we, that might be easier, yeah. Um, my other three that I really enjoy watching, um, obviously Kenny. Uh, big fan of Kenny Omega and what he does. Um, Roman Reigns as well. Just since he's come back from <laughs> since he's come back from um, leukemia and the whole tribal chief head of the table and having Paul Heyman with him and the stuff with the Usos, it's just it's it's can't miss entertainment on SmackDown. Uh, and then for my last one, I got to have a tie. Um, it. It's like a three-way tie, honestly. It's Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, 
and Okada. It's it's tough. Like we talk about top fives. I'm like, uh, uh, we could have done a top ten, but I figured. Yeah, we oh my, we, we could do like a top fifty. We we'd be rattling off names forever. Um, for for women, um, Sasha Banks. Okay. Becky Lynch, even though she's been gone for the past year, I love the whole man thing. That that just it's I have to so thank natural. Nia Jax, yeah, I had to thank Nia Jax for that because without that shot to the face and her iconic pose, all bloodied up and everything else, forget it. Completely just dominated everything. Um, Bailey, since she's gone heel, um, is just some of the best work. Um, I gotta give props to Charlotte Flair because she makes you hate her, and it's it's just like what her father used to do. So she's definitely not falling far from that tree. And an underdog for me would be Liv Morgan. I'm a real big fan of Liv. That's good. I like that. I like that. Okay, I'm gonna have to write mine down as I go. I'm gonna forget. <laughs> so my top five. First and foremost, I'd go Walter. Yeah, I think he, yeah, I think I had this before. He's a brute. He's a monster. He just is. His chops scare me. There's right? a video that keeps coming up in my YouTube feed where he's doing his chop and the chest of the person he's chopping is imploding. Yes. Yeah. He, I, I believe that was, um, what was it, Igor Dragunov? Or I'm butchering his name and I apologize for that. But yeah. He is absolutely insane. Like, it just, it, like, the fact that he came over for TakeOver to wrestle Ciampa, it was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Especially when it was uh, Alexander Wolf said, you know, when one of us comes, you know, that's, you know, there's more on their way or something like that. And you were like, Sam, he's coming. He's coming. Yeah, that was just that was the text. He's coming. He feels like a monster yeah. and he's incredible. And unfortunately, he I can't say unfortunately, that sounds kind of mean, but he doesn't want to leave his home of Austria, which is fair. You know, if he really loves where he's from, you know, he shouldn't leave. But he could be a force to be reckoned with mm. if he went to the main roster and used correctly, which is potential. I don't know yet. If it's on SmackDown, yes. If it's on Raw, forget it. <laughs> um, after that, I would say it would be our Lord and Savior. You know, the first, you know, the priest of the first ever congregational church of Adam Cole. Baby. Um, never did I think they would take a wrestler. And again, I, I love Kevin Owens and I love, you know, Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan. But Adam Cole has, and I've said this, I think, since they signed him, he felt big. Yeah. One of my favorite debuts, probably of the last decade, mm. was when he came in. And super kicked Drew McIntyre, and the place exploded. 
I, I, I feel guilty because I completely forgot about Adam Cole. Because he would easily be on my list. Yeah. Well, I, I, I am ashamed of myself for that. But for again, I did say top five. So. Well, he, he would be like, he would be number two behind the KO for me. No, Just that's fair. Like top, like top fives. I wouldn't make an honorable mention of Johnny Gargano. Yes. Um, but obviously not Gargano. Obviously, I'm going to be a prude. I'm going to say Okada. Obviously, I've just been ever since Omega. Okada, everything I see with Okada, he just puts on incredible, incredible matches. Yep. Um, AJ Styles, still, he, especially after watching Money in the Bank, he can make anybody look amazing. Man's in his 40s dropping 450s, like, you know, forget it. Like, they're so goddamn clean, it's not even funny. The fact that he and John Cena are pretty much the same age. You're like, wait a minute, hold a second. And even Cena's doing ridiculous shit the last time he was there, too. So yeah. I fully expect him to do it again come SummerSlam. We were talking about, I think it was on the call yesterday, we were talking about matches that you'd want to, like, you know, Cena that, you know, that he's won that was really good or something like that. And I'll never forget his trilogy with AJ Styles, especially that last match. Mm. Even though AJ lost that, that was an incredible, that was a great bout. Yes. That was incredible. Um, and of course, again, call me a Mark. I don't care. Sorry, Mark. I know you listen to this. <laughs> um, Kenny Omega. Yeah. Like his whole, and I've watched the promo recently again from, I think, Wrestle Kingdom 12 or 13, where he's like, we need to take New Japan worldwide and you can't do that with Okada. That's why I'm here. Kenny Omega. Had he not left New Japan, definitely would. I mean, he's still one of the biggest things in professional wrestling. He just has this star power that I don't think anyone anyone has. The guy's been wrestling with broken ribs. Right. He should, he should not be wrestling right now. No, I agree 100%. You no know, way. What he's been doing, it's insane. It's incredible. But, man, you... I hope he does get some rest. I don't want to see him have to retire early because he is the best bout machine. Absolutely. There's an, I think I had PWI's best wrestlers of 2019. It was literally him, Okada, AJ Styles, one, two, three. Makes and sense. I, I can't make an argument. Oh, you could throw Will Ospreay in there. You could throw Zack Sabre Jr. in there. You could throw a lot of other people in there. But those three, I think, have mastered their craft. Absolutely, yeah. To the fucking roof. Yeah. Now for my females. This one, you're going to hate yourself with Scott, because this is why I said let's do top five of each. Scott, my number one. Well, I don't want to say number one. It's our girl, Thunder Rosa. Yes, that's true, I love her gimmick. I love her in-ring style. Yes. You and I had a feeling about her when we first saw her on NWA Power. Yep. Incredible. Yep. Incredible. Just... uh, when she finally became all elite, I think that was to me that was so it was so oh so hyped. I'm like, yo, she can become champion. She can be the face of AEW once she goes through the doctor, because they'll have an appointment, and then the doctor will see her. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 crazy. Like with AEW, how terrible their women's division was. Now, it's easily. Easily the third best out there, if not 
close to being second. It's tough because NXTs and Impacts are just constantly churning out ridiculously good wrestlers. But AEW now is definitely right there. And it's it's wonderful to see because their division for a long time was rough. And we all know it. But now they got some power behind it. Britt's just like her metaphor her metamorphosis has been such a joy to watch. And then having Thunder come in, you had Serena Deeb, even Riho. Uh, like like it's just We'd have to do a t- we'd we'd have to do a like a top five one day of our favorite AEW matches, but the unsanctioned match between Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, it's just one of my favorites. I could not believe what they had done. Yeah, it's yeah. It was yeah. When you can and again, again, I don't want anyone to take this the wrong way, but when you know the women can go in there and make it not you know, you know, not about cat fighting and actually wrestle, like go in there and kick the shit out of each other like that. Yep. It's it's top tier. And it was incredible. And they both deserve, you know, accolades through the roof. Yep. That would even be that could even be a match of the year contender for, you know, this year. Absolutely. I know it's happened early in the year, but it was that good. That's easily the best women's match that AEW has ever had. And probably the best women's match in all of wrestling this year. Yeah. Hands down. I could I, we can make that argument. Hands down. Uh, following that, we're going to go from the top of the card to the bottom of the card. I said this, and I will fight this until she becomes champion. Zoe Stark. Yes. I love Zoe Stark. I said from the first match she wrestled, I'm like, this is just Daniel Bryan vibes. Like, she has this underdog. Uh, even even this week, you know, when we talk NXT, where, you know, EO's like, yo, yeah, we're, you know, we're tag team champions, but we're not friends. I know. I love the dynamic between those two. It's it's so much fun to watch. And a shout out to EO, because EO is incredible as well. Absolutely. Um, But I love Zoe. I love her attitude. I just, she has that, tr- you know, they, they do try to do the underdog thing a little too often. But hers, again, being natural, when it feels natural, it's the best. Yeah. And I think Zoe just has this star power that's going to shoot her to the roof. But will she be able to challenge and wrestle my next choice, Scott? Because nobody has been able to defeat the virtuosa, Diana oh. Perrazzo. Oh, my God. You want to talk about a company dropping the ball on a wrestler and then another one picking it up and turning her into the best wrestler in 2021. Incredible. Is she her? And again, we want to talk about uh, women's matches. I think her match with Taya Valkyrie is another favorite of mine yes, from this year that because was a good match. They're both. Pretty good technicians. I would say, especially Diana. Diana feels like a technic, like a Bret Hart, you know, like somebody who just knows how to work the limbs and just, you know, weaken your opponent. Opponent, so incredible. I just don't know who's got, she's going to drop the belt to when the time comes. But I am all about it. Let's keep it coming. We can do this in the next five years. W- will she though? Long may she reign. You know. <laughs> Maybe you you could have you could have a title reign for years. You can. It used to be like that back in the day. 
Exactly. The infamous Bruno San Martino yep. title run. Yeah, Hogan had it for like years, like two, three years at a time and multiple occasions. Like, How long honestly, was- I can, you know, you look at wrestlers nowadays, I can see Deanna doing that. I mean, I know she had that, that little drop of the title for a month and then got it back, but she could hold that for a long time. And somebody else who I know can hold that for a long time, if they do it correctly, is Roman Reigns. Roman could be champion for years and honestly i would eat that up forever i also think the other one i was thinking of was the fabulous moolah who i think wwe recognizes as her having that title for almost 28 years right um but yeah i could see her having it for years she's a good the only person i could see i don't know though I don't know if it would be. I mean, I love Jordan Grace, but I don't know if she'd be the one to take it. I could see a certain somebody taking it who's about to lose their damn mind. Yeah, a little bit of a hot mess. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Following that, one who for me also felt like a big deal. Who, from my understanding, I don't watch the main roster. She's getting the push she deserves. Rhea Ripley. Rhea is the real deal. Yes. She is superstar of the future. Will have multiple, multiple title runs. But she's still so young, which is outstanding, too. It's like she'll be around for a long time. Um, I, I do enjoy what she's doing. She's kind of caught in a little bit of a quagmire with Charlotte and Nikki Ash. Rotating on the Raw Women's title, but... She's been a former, what is it? Is she a two-time Raw champ, Raw Women's champ now? I don't I remember, so. but I think, uh, but still, it's just, she's on the top of the card when it comes to the women's division on Raw, so that's fantastic. Um, she's a part of the first match that was announced for SummerSlam, triple threat match between her, Charlotte, and Nikki for the Raw Women's title. So that'll be a fun match to watch. Um, someone that was that was all five of yours, correct? No, I have one more. One more, okay. Because there's another name I thought of, and I'll wait to see if it's the same one as yours. If not, then I'll mention it afterwards. Yeah, no, the last one I have is uh, another one of our favorites, Ty Conti. Oh, Ty. Ty, good old Ty Conti. Love Ty. She's incredible, incredible in the ring. Um. Wasn't she also let go by WWE? She was. She she was a part of the May Young Classic, I believe the first one. And then she was on NXT for a little bit. She she had a little bit of success, and then her contract was it. And she left, and, or they let her go. Then uh, AEW picked her up, and now she's been hovering around that top five pretty much since the, what, the first couple of months, ever since then. Yeah, yeah, she deserves she deserves a shot at that title. Yeah, she'd be a good choice to go against Bert Baker, especially with her background in what is it judo, jujitsu? It's one of those two. Mm-hmm. Um, great, incredible. 
yeah, this is something we don't get to talk about a lot. And I think this is uh I think down the road you and I could probably start doing more lists like this. Agreed. Agreed. Maybe we can break down a little more. You know, favorite in WWE, favorite in Impact, favorite in Ring of Honor. I know. It was funny, like when you brought up the top five for the women, I was caught off guard. I was just like, ah. So my brain immediately went to all the WWE people because that's what I'm most most used to. Um, but speaking of another wrestler that uh, we both didn't mention, Asuka. Now, her NXT run was like stuff of legend. And she was undefeated. Yeah. Yep. And her stuff on the main roster like was okay. It was good in the beginning and then she lost to Charlotte and then it kind of just like Yeah. But what I need I need to see this, but I doubt we'll ever see it because it's WWE and they're geared towards children. Is I want to see Evil Oscar. I want to see the terrifying face paint and the hellish things that she used to do when she was in Japan. I want to see it. Is it going to happen? Probably not. And I'll be very sad about that. If she ever leaves and goes to another company and she's able to do that, I'll be the happiest person on the face of this planet. Yeah. Okay. Let me well, uh, impromptu fantasy booking, Scott. Impromptu. Oh, God. You want to talk about stuff like this? Oscar leaves. Gets booked with AEW. Brings back her frightening persona. It had a different name too, and I'm trying to remember what it was. Yeah, I don't know the name. Um, but say she goes to a certain company out of Jacksonville. You know, just a no-name company. Nobody yeah. knows. You know, no, no name. I hear they're a t-shirt company. Yeah, <laughs> good t-shirt company. Um, that can pull monsters out of the sewers of Colorado. Pre-COVID. Talking. Asuka taking on. Abaddon. Oh, my God. You want to be uncomfortable? Yes. Imagine those two (laughs) as a tag team? (laughs) Stuff of nightmares. The X's. Ah! (sighs) (laughs) Sam pulled that one out of nowhere. (laughs) I'll come back and be good, I promise. Just don't make me watch them on TV again. No, but they would be absolutely incredible, honestly. Oh my God. Oh my it God. would be. Oh, man. She has an undefeated run, and they kind of like threw it to the. Well, we, we get into it. I'm not going to. We try to keep our gripes off of above the ring. We try to be hopeful. Uh, Maybe one episode. Oh, we could. Scott, we'll talk offline. Okay. Okay. So for our main event, we'll call it the main event. Scott and I had this idea. Actually, it was all Scott's idea because I am a short man at 5'2 who can't reach the great ideas that most can. Yes, Scott. That may be the first time I've dropped a short joke on this podcast. (laughs) Savor it. All of you. You now know my height. Scott had this amazing idea we were going to do who is the better champion is it the tribal chief the WWE is it you 
Universal champion. Universal champion. Roman Reigns. Or the belt collector. Your AAA mega champion. Your TNA. Your Impact world champion. Your AEW world champion. Mr. Kenny Omega. Now we know how this is going to go. Seeing that I watch all of WWE, Scott will be, you know, defending Roman Reigns. Yep. <laughs> and seeing that I know nothing of this guy called Kehenny Omega. Omega. <laughs> I will be defending his honor. So, let the games begin, Scott. <laughs> I will let you go first, sir. You will let me go first. Okay, first and foremost, Kenny Omega. He is, well, he's the best belt, machi- belt machine. The guy has headlined the Tokyo Dome a couple of different times. He is a very talented wrestler. He's been able to wrestle plenty of different styles. You know, he's very technical. He can be a high flyer. He knows how to do death matches. He's done intergender matches. And not it's a, oh, he's a jack of all trades. He can do a little bit of everything. No, he's a jack of all. He's a master of all trades. The guy can do it all and make it look good. I will recall a moment where he was wrestling one match. It was on Dynamite. Don't remember which one. He grabs the microphone. He starts commentating as he wrestles. Something he did do in the indie scene. Still can't find that video. I need to find it. I've seen him wrestle with a broom. I've seen him wrestle one hand tied behind his back. He's an IWGP heavyweight, you know, former heavyweight champion. Great on the mic. He's. He might questionably be carrying the whole professional wrestling industry on his back right now. Could be argued. Could be argued they would be the same way if he was in New Japan. The guy has passion. The guy's innovative. As I said, the guy is wrestling with injuries right now, which are probably unsafe, but he loves the sport. Rebuttal. Okay. That was pretty good. It's pretty Talk good. Talking reach. <laughs> but, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott Julian. And I am the advocate for the reigning, defending, undisputed, universal heavyweight champion of the world. Your head of the table. Your tribal chief, Roman Reigns. (laughs) Hey, I didn't boo Kenny. No, I only had to do that because that's all I remember. Every time I've ever gone to see him. Hope it's Roman. Boo! Nobody boosts harder than that, except for Andrew, when he has to see, uh, what the hell's his name? Brian, uh. Brian Kendrick, yep. 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 <laughs> um, but Roman, five-time heavyweight champion, your current universal champion. The man has also won your Intercontinental Championship, the United States Championship, Tag Team Championship. He is the 28th Triple Crown Champion, your ninth Grand Slam Champion. He won the Royal Rumble in 2015. He won seven Slammies, two end-of-year awards, and WWE World Heavyweight Championship tournaments back in 2015. The man has been on a complete tear ever since he's come back. And, oh, by the way, 
for all the amazing things that Kenny Omega has done, Roman Reigns has defeated the biggest opponent in all of life, and that is cancer. Not once, but twice. That was deep, Scott. That was that was a tough one. Wow. Wow, you pull out the heartstrings for this one. <laughs> <laughs> the for for all of the shoving Roman down our throats for all those years, trying to make him the biggest thing in all of professional wrestling, and the fans absolutely hated it for that reason. Not that he was terrible. Yes. Was his promo skills not the best in the beginning? Absolutely. But since he's returned from his latest bout with leukemia, the man is on a different level. And I will say this, he is the best wrestler living today. Storytelling-wise, promo-wise, as of right now, the man cannot be touched. And the fact that he's been able to pull his cousins into this mix, not to mention having the greatest manager of all time. Oh, you can't argue that. You can't argue against that. And, and, and with all respect to Bobby the Brain Heenan, Paul Heyman is on a different level. No, we can't, we can't argue that. No. The whole The whole thing rotating around Roman being the tribal chief, and how he puts food on the table for the entire family. And now look at him. He's Universal Champion, and the Usos are now the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Smells like Updog. <laughs> that, sir, is my rebuttal. Ooh, man. Wow. Well, <laughs> I don't even know because we haven't really talked this one out. We didn't even talk about exactly what we're going to do besides just like say who's the better champion. <laughs> so we'll leave it at that. Those are our arguments. Guys, let us know what you think. Monday morning, we'll be dropping, I don't know, something to maybe ask you guys. It might have to do maybe. with this. You guys can answer it, argue it, get the nerds out. What's that old, uh, that Futurama meme video of uh, Farnsworth? Shut up, you crackpot. Hey, I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> it definitely, definitely describes the wrestling community some days. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> <sighs> guys, let us know what you think about that when we uh, drop this. And on Monday's question, 100 episodes. This is where we are. We need to do this a little more often. We yes. get stuck too much inside of uh, discussing what's going on through the week, which is great. We love doing that for you guys. We love covering all that. But we... Uh, We need to do this more often. We need to bullshit a little more. I agree. 100%. This 100%. is a lot of fun to do. Guys, this is the 100th episode. Do not forget August 21st. Above the Ring moves to Ship It Studios. 
August 21st. The Twitter handle will be changing. We will let you guys know in a future episode of Above the Ring. We will have guest stars. We will have a lot of lot lot of things planned, guys. From the bottom of our hearts, as always, thank you for listening. You guys are incredible. Don't forget to share, like, and subscribe as always. We're going to be pushing to 5K before SummerSlam, so keep an eye out for the 5K push. If you know people who are interested, want to listen, like, add, do so. And just take us out as always, Scott. If you don't already do so, please follow us on Twitter at media underscore Bedlam. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Bedlam Media. You can find myself as the SOB official and Scott as Scotty J Stream. We are on all streaming platforms. If there's one that you cannot find us on, please let us know, and we will put ourselves on there. On your streaming platform, please make sure you like, share, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review, tell people why Bedlam Media and Above the Ring is the podcast of your choice and why they should listen to us as well. This has been Above the Ring, 100th episode. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to ship it. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.